I'm Sylvia Burgos Tofnes, and this is Deep Roots Radio. Every week, my guests help us connect the dots between what we eat and how it's grown because every single food dollar we spend either protects or degrades the environment, produces foods with high nutrition or empty calories, and either helps pay a fair wage or keeps farm workers among the working poor. We get to make that choice every time we push a cart through the grocery store, visit the farmer's market, and eat at a restaurant. I hope you enjoy this interview. building a Saturday mid-morning habit of searching for a really good cup of coffee. He takes it black, while I look for that perfectly dry cappuccino. Not that easy to find, I'll tell you. Over the last couple of years, I'd merely become resigned to hour-long drives and two-hour-long drives from our farm to city coffee shops. Then we heard about a young couple who'd purchased an old corner spot in nearby Star Prairie, Wisconsin, population 561. Just 20 minutes from our farm, we opened the door to Jewel Town Roastery and were greeted not only by the aroma of freshly ground coffee, but also by the sounds of folk guitars and banjo, mandolin and autoharp. After looking around a bit and getting our brews and flaky scones, Dave and I enjoyed more than an hour of great music and really lively conversation. We found that this new business not only brews great Joe, but it's building a menu based on locally grown. As significantly, its owners are intent on Jeweltown Roastery becoming a platform for revitalized community through music and shared space. sessions are created by locals willing to play with whomever else shows up. Mostly older gentlemen from the looks of it. They take turns deciding on the songs they'll play and sing. It seems most have played for decades, some in bands in the 1960s and 70s, and many continue to play and perform throughout the area. Now like I said, I like a dry cappuccino, and in my book, Jeweltown Roastery gets five stars, and that's not by accident. When I first chatted with co-owner Quinn Renhold, he explained that they practiced their barista skills for hundreds of cups before opening day. Mm. 
here to go. Here. Originally from urban places, the roasters' owners are Quinn Renholt and Leanna Bratton, a young couple with a sweet little girl. On a recent morning, I visited the busy shop and asked them why they chose Star Prairie, a small town close to the eastern border between Wisconsin and Minnesota. Well, we were really taken with this building, for one thing. It's over a 100-year-old building right on the Apple River, and we felt like it was in a pretty interesting cross-section of lots of rural communities, but then also some urban hubs really close to New Richmond and Amory and not super far from Stillwater. And so we felt like there'd be plenty of folks coming out to their lakes and cabins in the summertime, but then it was actually really quite nice to come into this community in the slow time to really get to know who's here and who lives here year-round, too. And I know you're close to a couple of really good um, highways, so that makes kind of getting here from other places kind of interesting. Are both of you from Star Prairie? Neither of us are from Star Prairie. Um, we met in St. Paul okay. um, in college and then kind of got reconnected after college. Um, but we moved to Osceola after buying the building. We moved from Luck, Wisconsin, where we'd been living for four summers, three and a half years um, on a farm actually up there. So we were actually looking at farmland for about a year before we ended up buying the building and kind of like turning in, taking it over and cleaning it up and seeing what, what comes after that. So, Well, this is an interesting progression. So you lived in the cities, you um, moved to a farm north of, of this area, and you end up with a cafe, a roastery. Um, what connection do you see between that time on the farm and this roastery? Um, I would say what I'm, how I'm connecting that is um, time on the farm. We learned just kind of um, changed our pace of life a little bit. Learned about being in a rural area, learning that you need to have at least three reasons to go to town or it's not a justified trip. Um, and that kind of thing, um, but through the through the farm and that community at Anatoth Farm, which is where we lived in Luck, um, we got to know lots of other people, kind of back to the land people, people growing food, some young people farming uh, more in the Amory neck of the woods, and so it's like in our process of considering starting up our own endeavor agriculturally um, we sort of realized there's a limited number of access markets in the areas where the food is being produced a lot of the food is just being is being transported to the cities where there's interested markets where there's populous areas and um, people willing to spend more money on higher quality food and so we kind of saw a segue of like, okay, coffee shop, busy corner. I've got a little bit of background in that industry. Leanna's a great cook. Um, that's a good way to get people through the door. But how can we turn this retail space, it's a retail space that's open seven days a week, how can we um, turn it into a hub for local produce? Not just food, but um, artisan crafts and um, 
music. And, certain, and certainly the music is one of the things that, that uh, I've enjoyed, my husband and I have enjoyed when we've come in here. Coming in here on a Saturday morning and listening to the people who just kind of show up and decide to play together. This cafe, do you feel that it's playing an interesting role in building community? Yeah, well, definitely feels like we've had people come in and say, oh, I'm so happy that you're here. We needed a place just to, to be, to gather. We have this little area for kids, so caregivers and parents, grandparents can come and, and have their kids have a space to play and be, and they can have a coffee or a tea. And that definitely has been something that's been really enjoyable about opening this space and feeling like it's been embraced and it's been a need that's being met for sure. But we also are walking into a legacy for sure of um, of there already having been a venue for music here uh, with the prior ownership. So that feels like we're just really like tapping back into uh, a network of a lot of local musicians, some not as local, um, that have come and played here. So kind of being able to to usher that back into the door feels really nice and um, we're just starting to really talk about um, branching out of just Saturday mornings into uh, evenings on the patio again which also was an element that this the former owners did in the summer times and offering uh, sort of farm farm fresh food special dinner specials where we'll be featuring one of the farmers around here we source with and hopefully pair it with some really fun uh, a lineup of a few different groups maybe some single musicians we already have some really interested local artists calling us so um, yeah we're going to be starting up the end of this month it does sound like you've really met a demand that was kind of just waiting here to some extent, but it takes a lot of work. You've been open for over six months now. In how many ways um, have you already made some, some changes or have seen things, uh, have made some improvements into what it is that you're doing? Um, it's definitely been a process learning the special needs of a building that's over 100 years old, originally built in 1905. Um, we did a major overhaul on the plumbing, all new drain lines and new facilities in the bathroom, and we're almost done remodeling the bathroom. That laminate flooring is just waiting for me. Um, we added insulation under the crawl space after our first winter, um, and I think a lot of people struggled this winter because it got super cold before it snowed, and so we had cracked fittings on freshly installed plumbing and came in some dark cold mornings with water spraying on the floor and it was, um, it's all just a learning process and so we've also all done a lot of cleaning a lot of uh, opening up the space we painted which is 90% done um, we had a cool partnership with one of our actually our very first customer is part of a bike coalition in St. Croix County and he facilitated a project with students from WITC where they welded 
bike staples, bike racks, and then Andre is the customer, and he and a he and a friend of his, he got them powder coated, like beautiful blue paint, and they came and installed them on the south side of our building. So that feels totally like community building, and we want to absolutely promote trail use and be bike friendly. Um, and it's like we're in a, a beautiful region of the state, lots of public trails. Um, yeah, that's a plus. So, so what's your relationship with the with some of the farmers, though, in the area? That seems to be something that is signature to this place. Yeah, we are, we're not having, we don't have a delivery truck. We we get all of our food, we bring it to ourselves, or, or really graciously, our family helps us, and sometimes farmers deliver. But um, we are getting all of our meat. And all of our cheese, pretty much just in the St. Croix Valley, most of it within 12 miles of here. And so that was definitely a draw when you asked why this place. It felt like, wow, this is, this is where it's all coming from anyways. So kind of being able to tap into that um, distribution channel has been really rewarding. And so we've um, been featuring uh, several different farmers' uh, meat products, and now we're like so happily in uh, fresh produce season so we have um, some fresh produce from farms just down the road um, Whetstone, Blackbrook, um, Johnson Family Pastures I'm probably not going to name them all but um, mm -hmm. some really really gratifying um, relationships there and then we're also retailing meat um, so select cuts but we have quite a, a large range of uh, products that we do offer um, all of them local with the exception of some wild-caught salmon that comes from um, some from a family family business. Yeah, we'd all have to live on the West Coast for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not kidding. So it's like the coffee, not grown here. Right, right. So has it been um, a big learning process as far as operating a roastery and coffee shop? I mean, is that something that you grew up with, either one of you? Uh, not grew up with. I worked briefly at a shop in St. Paul after college uh, before Leanna and I moved to Luck. And then while living in Luck, I worked part-time for three years at Cafe Ren, which was um, a good place to learn, although I had no inkling that we would be running our own coffee shop an hour's drive south from there in the future, um, or I would have paid attention to different things. Um, so, but the roastery thing is actually brand new, um, and I've really done nothing more than watch YouTube videos, and do, we've done a couple roastery tours of uh, Kickapoo Coffee, which is in Viroqua, Wisconsin, and then we source coffee from Truestone Roastery in St. Paul. Um, but I have integrated coffee roasted here, and I've learned a lot about the coffee roasting machine itself, all the machines that we have in the shop. Um, so right now, yeah, I'm, I'm actively looking to buy more beans and start to expand even more with the roasting because we sell pounds of coffee almost every day. Um, and that's, could, that could grow into its own right. revenue stream entirely um, where we source our own coffee with what's roasted here, but also um, depending on demand, mm -hmm. could, that could really be its own business. So... 
you know, I recall I, I spent some time in England <clears throat> years and years ago where when you walk down the street, one of the things that would hit you in London was that the roasteries would exhaust their smoke over the street in an effort to lure you into uh-huh. the shop. And I thought that was like the most effective thing I had yeah. ever seen. I'm sure that they probably couldn't do it now because of pollution control, but I thought that makes all the sense in the world. Oh, it's it's delicious. How has the menu evolved? How, what are you thinking there? Yeah, it. Um, I've taken it really step by step, or kind of the, that's been the process with the whole endeavor so far is is trying to be slow and steady. Um, so we started with breakfast, or actually we started just with coffee and sweets, um, and then we've added breakfast. Uh, we have breakfast sandwiches, a, a few signatures, country style, and um, bacon cheddar, onion Swiss, and um, and then uh, we've grown into just recently offering lunch, and so that's more of a panini sandwiches. Uh, we have some uh, really good. Uh, pastrami that we actually get from a farmer just like our neighbor nearly you know out here they're basically our neighbor an osceola um, a smoked pastrami and um, call that the cultured pastrami because it has actually uh, fermented pickles and sauerkraut on it with Thousand Island dressing kind of a play on a Reuben and then uh, really popular so far has been a turkey bacon panini and then we have uh, just about the best salad you can get because we get it from down the road at Whetstone um with some seasonal veggies and things. Wow. So in the fall, we're hoping to add some soup to that. But for now, it's uh, sandwiches and salad. Have you been surprised by how things are progressing? Um, I, I'm feeling really positive, just that we've steadily gotten busier every month that we've been open for business, and the reviews continue to be primarily positive. Um, and definitely the face-to-face feedback from people is really positive. Um. For the most part, it's, it's been very slow and steady, it feels like. But then every once in a while, you'll have a customer that's coming at the beginning, and they'll come in a little bit later and be like, wow, it's so great. And you're like, oh, thank you. I really, it's hard to see that when it's the day-to-day. So I think in general, though, I, we've, we've had a pretty uh linear line of um, goals and we've kind of just ticked them off slowly so I think it's going pretty well yeah good yeah yeah that's good well as you look forward or when you think about who might be listening to the show what do you want them to know about this place Uh, I would say I guess two things Um, that you should come check it out it's really fun to be here and I'm finally uh, I feel like I'm coming over the hump of like always being slightly on owner edge when I'm here. So it's like I've had a couple nice hangout sessions in the past, and it's like makes me remember how much I like going to coffee shops and having a conversation or reading a book. Um, and that it's just a unique space. We've got a back patio overlooking the Apple River, old building, uh, over 100 year old hardwood floors. Um, I noticed you've got the tin ceilings, tin, too. Yeah, tin ceilings and walls, which, yeah, it gives a very good, uh, it creates a good atmosphere. Um, 
And then the second thing I would say is that we are in no by no means done with our endeavor, and we're totally still experimenting weekly, if not daily. Um, so if you're an artist or a creator or a producer or a musician or you do yoga or you have an idea, just give us a call or come visit and we're hoping that this is a really a long-term project for us. That's the vision and we're in integrated into our lives. We live eight miles from here and our friends come visit us here and so we've hosted a couple birthday parties and a Thanksgiving dinner in our shop. Um, yeah. So event ideas or any kind of anything, just come say hey and um, we'll continue to grow our community and become more of a hub. It's hard to overstate how running a business like a small farm or like Jeweltown Roastery can influence the rhythm of your life. For Quinn, Leanna, and their little girl, that dedication to fresh and local shapes how they get the products they use at their coffee shop. Beyond being close proximity-wise, a lot of these farmers are good friends of ours and have kids a similar age to our daughter, uh, Lenora, who's two. So actually, yet today, this is a Tuesday morning at the shop, um, but after our interview here, I'm going to hop in the car with her, which is our Tuesday routine, and we go to New Richmond, we go to the bank, we pick up milk, and then we do a little farm loop, um, which sometimes, sometimes it goes out to Deer Park, sometimes to Centuria, usually drive through Amory and we'll pick up meat, pick up produce. If anybody's home, we hang out um, and hop on the tractor because Lenora loves that or just visit if people are around. And so, um, oh, and I, I'll, sometimes we take the truck too because it's a good excuse to get the plow truck on the road once a week um, and just go slow on the country roads and turns out to be a really fun day but that's my that's what we do instead of having cisco or u.s foods come is we do a little circuit and pick up what we need for the week hopefully uh so wow so that's within like a 15 mile radius of here yep all the farms we source from are less than 15 miles from here so if on a full circuit day it'll be about 50 miles of driving but uh, we take the we take the full full first half of the day to do it so yeah, talk about local. Right. Talk about fresh. And I know for a fact, because I know some of these farmers, they use sustainable methods. Yes, they do. A lot of really quality, highest quality practices with their meats and with their produce as well. Um, if not certified already, moving in that direction, our organic certification. So. Where can people go on the web or by phone to find out more about Jill Town? Yeah, we have we have all the things. We have a, an Instagram, which is just Jill Town Roastery, and then we're on Facebook, and that's the same same keywords there. Um, we have a website. It's a work in progress. We got to add lunch to that, so don't be fooled. Um, <laughs> and Jewel Town is not how's is how is it spelled? Oh, Jewel Town, yeah. So the the name the thought there was that um, when this building was built, it was one of the first buildings in this little town, and the name of the town at that point was uh, owned by or was Jewel Town, named after a family that was one of the, the first um, settling families to be here. So, um, anyways, that was the name when the building came back. So we we're just hearkening back to its inception and. It's Jewel with two L's, J-E-W-E-L-L. -L. 
and town, all one word. All right. I'm a baby boomer from the Bronx. My street food was Puerto Rican, Italian, Jewish, German, and Greek. I used New York City's subways and buses to get to work, home, and to great entertainment. But here I am, raising grass-fed, grass-finished beef in rural Wisconsin and loving it. I grew up to the sounds of Motown, the mamas and the papas, and the Beatles, of course. Yet, I've got to say, I'm developing a taste for songs like Fox on the Run. Visit my website, bronxtobarn.com, to download this and past interviews, to learn about my farm, and to reserve 100% grass-fed beef. We deliver to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Thanks.